1: This is The Vice Guide to Right Now, a daily rundown of all things vice. I'm Jesse Maiko. Today we'll discuss how ISIS claimed the NYC attack, El Chapo's solitary confinement, and we'll hear from motherboard writer Ankita Rao about efforts to save the Everglades. It's Monday, November 6th. In the early 20th century, the Florida government started draining huge parts of the Everglades swamp to make room for new development. Now that the ecosystem is in serious danger, they're attempting to undo that damage. Vice writer Ankita Rao went to South Florida to get the story. Here she is speaking with Motherboard Features Editor Brian Anderson about the project.
0: Ankita here has a story running on Motherboard about some time that she spent recently in the Florida swamps.
2: I went down to my home state of Florida to report on the largest hydraulic restoration project in the world, which is happening right now in the Everglades.
0: That's epic. Can you give us a sense of scale?
2: So this is a huge project. It covers most of the southern half of Florida. So it goes from the Kissimmee River, which is just south of Orlando, down to Lake Okeechobee, which is sort of in the central southern part of the state, and all the way down to Miami. So the point of the Everglades restoration project is actually to bring back water where it used to be before it disappeared.
0: I mean, like gradually over time, it disappeared?
2: Yeah. So this happened over the course of most of the 20th century the Florida government started to reroute water away from its natural flow down to the Everglades wetland in order to make space for agriculture and farming and people's homes and basically boost the economy and allow a lot more people to move into Florida.
0: So this was, I should say, this was part of a motherboard series about the outdoors, specifically about people and technology and sort of the future of going outside and Ankita's story is sort of like an anchor to this series which will be ongoing and you can follow it on motherboard and maybe the core question would be like where is the line between the outdoors and you know these huge civil engineering projects like where is that line blurring
2: so Florida more so than I would say a lot of other states is incredibly dependent on water. Our industries, whether they're boating or fishing or agriculture, depend on how much access we have to the water that surrounds us and to freshwater lakes and our aquifers. And I think in the 20th century, this is the time of you know the two world wars and the Great Depression, and people placed a really high value on the economy and where people would live and growing communities and growing basically more civilization and development. And the environment and the ecosystem sort of took a back seat. And now we're actually spending billions of dollars to recover that natural ecosystem that we lost because you can't really have the rest of it without that.
0: And of course, you know, looking at all of the climate models, the earth is just going to keep getting warmer and sea level rise is going to just keep going up. So, looking ahead over like the next decade or two, how is the project going to come up against the forces of nature that could just make it not a successful project in the end? And I guess what's at stake for the people who you talked with down there, just regular folk?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And I think the stakes are really high for everyone from the Army Corps to environmentalists to the people living in that area. Everyone talked to that's actually working on the restoration project said that climate change is increasingly important and they're actually taking those projections into account when they build those reservoirs. So they're thinking about the storms getting stronger and they're thinking about sea levels rising and weather patterns changing. They're not ignoring it despite, you know, what the federal government is saying about climate change. This is really important to them and they're taking it into account because they can't afford to lose billions of dollars on a 35-year project. And I think it's even more intimately concerning for the people that are living around Lake Okeechobee or living on what used to be Everglades wetland because these are people who are seeing climate change every day in their lives. So, If another storm comes through, all of the communities around Lake Okeechobee are again going to be holding their breath, just like we saw with Hurricane Irma this summer, um, because one storm could break the barriers of the lake if if they're not reinforced in time. And, you know, one storm can flood houses throughout the Everglades. And that's, you know, that's thousands and thousands of houses and lots of towns that could just easily be swept away. So yeah, I would say this is a high stakes restoration project and it's something that at least for now everybody in the state is extremely concerned about and seem extremely invested in.
1: For more information on Ankita Rao's comprehensive Everglades project, go to vice.com. And here are the headlines. ISIS claims responsibility for the Manhattan attack on Halloween claiming the attacker was, quote, one of the soldiers of the caliphate. Although suspect Saifulo Saipov allegedly consulted ISIS materials online, the FBI says it has not uncovered any direct ties between the suspect and any foreign terrorist groups. One official suggested that ISIS was, quote, just trying to take credit. And The drug lord known as El Chapo was captured today.
0: He is the alleged head of the Sinaloa cartel. Guzman has pleaded not guilty to charges. He oversaw a multi-billion dollar trafficking operation responsible for murders and kidnappings.
1: Since January, the world's most notorious drug lord, Joaquin Guzman, or El Chapo, has been held in solitary confinement at the Metropolitan Correctional Center in downtown Manhattan. On Thursday, his attorney filed court documents stating that Chapo has developed a, quote, inability to remember people, places, and events. The lawyer, A. Eduardo Balareso, claims that nearly a year of extreme isolation at a maximum security federal jail has caused, quote, a marked deterioration in his mental state. And he has requested, quote, a thorough neuropsychological evaluation for the accused kingpin. Chapo's symptoms include auditory hallucinations, paranoia about the government recording his cell and legal visits, and depression. The former Sinaloa cartel leader is scheduled to go on trial in April in Brooklyn on charges that could lead to life in prison. The conditions of Chapo's confinement has been a contentious issue since his extradition from Mexico nearly 11 months ago. But the government claims the precautions are necessary to prevent Chapo, who twice escaped from maximum security prisons in Mexico, from attempting another jailbreak. all right that's it for now thanks for listening for more news and culture check out vice.com and tune in again tomorrow for another vice guide to right now
2: even on a budget quality is non-negotiable